He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. And welcome to the post-derby and Oaks podcast here uh, with Racing with Bruno. Uh, we just got done with a uh, with a really good Zoom that kind of went over uh, the whole entire day, and we came up with some interesting stuff, didn't we, Flatter? Hey, we did. And my first derby is a home game, and it, it, it still came out like the ones when it was a road game. You know, Baffert wins, Johnny Velasquez wins, the horse that gets out to the front wins, and why would we think about anything else, especially when they're giving us 12 to 1? Did you know, by the way, by the way, Six hours, six hours before they started the Kentucky Derby, you could have gotten Medina Spirit in Las Vegas at the Westgate Superbook at 25 to 1. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I think that could have really killed the books on that one. You think Mattress Mac was sitting there on a gamble? I'm thinking like the Westgate was sitting on a gamble. You're sitting on a Baffert at 25 to 1. But the books wow. won. The books won. Everybody won except, well, Mattress Mac did. Well, Mattress Mac won because he was able to hedge off of all the mattresses he sold or, or at least was going to have to give away. And so, yeah, I mean, interesting race and interesting dynamics as we were going to discuss them during the course of the Zoom call. Inevitably, you know, we're going to, it's got to face the rigors of the Bruno Zoom. And a few horses didn't really pass the test, did they? No, they didn't. And, and then you know what? I'll tell you one thing. We talked about how some of them, we discussed that yeah. on the Zooms. Yeah. That we had talked about, you know, we're not going to give away the store. You know, we're going to, you know, people are going to have to listen in mm-hmm. and, and, and hear what we came up with. And one specific horse we were right on from the beginning mm-hmm. about the horse's ability to come in out of the gate. Yeah, and and another one, another one, was basically a speed horse that got they got turned into a stretch runner by the jock. <laughs> yeah, so it's true. It's true. So anyway, um, that's what we're dealing with. Ron, I'm going to let you kick it off. The news, of course, is mostly about the Preakness, who will be there and who won't, and the latest of the big names that will be there, concert tour. Gary West has told Bob Baffert, let's go. And so concert tour will join Medina Spirit from the Baffert Barn at Pimlico in 12 days. Uh, As far as others, we have yet to hear from Brad Cox about Essential Quality, Mandaloon, and possibly Caddo River, who had a workout this morning. Among the others that are listed as probable at our Horse Racing Nation site, crowded trade for Chad, Ron Bauer, Mike McCarthy told me he's a go. The only other one that's probable, in fact, I know the horse is on the way over here with uh, Kate Hunter in Japan, uh, France Godeina the will take charge baby that uh, is coming in off of a sixth place finish in the UAE Derby, but uh, does come in from Japan uh, for trainer Mori. As far as the possibles are concerned, I mentioned the Cox horses. I mentioned midnight bourbon King fury, possibly from peak, depending on how he came back from his malady last week, get her number for Peter Miller, who decided not to opt in for the Derby and Tarantino, the, uh, 
the mysterious horse for Adolphe Brissette, who uh, one minute was ready to go to uh, two races in a week, and the next minute wasn't even going to two in a month. And unbridled honor, Todd Pletcher, more likely mentioning him for this weekend's Peter Pan, but in case he doesn't go there, could go Preakness. Todd doesn't generally go to the Preakness if he doesn't have the Derby winner, and if he does, he generally finishes eighth with the Derby winner. So those are the stories, at least in terms of horses. And the one other thing I'll mention Getting horses from point A to point B is going to be a lot more complicated after tomorrow. Tex Sutton Equine Airline Transportation is going to be suspending operations after tomorrow because of a contract that's expiring with a vendor that actually provides the lift mechanism to put the horse ramp into place and all the equipment on the planes. Uh, they are diving out of the contract, or at least not renewing, this appears to stem from a lawsuit. If you may remember, a van driver crashed into the wing of a Tex Sutton airplane a year ago in San Bernardino, and this has led to litigation, and this seems to be coloring everything. The long and short of it is for at least two months, there will be no usual air transportation for horses to get from point A to point B. So if you're thinking, gee, that California horse might ship to New York for the Belmont, maybe not. And so that's going to complicate things for the latter part of spring and early summer. And those, Bruno, are the headlines. Doesn't FedEx also, uh, also? FedEx, well, FedEx does. I've watched Castaway. I'd be scared. Mm. Uh, so, yes. Anyway, concert tour worked on Sunday, and I spoke to Bob after it. The horse worked a minute three, 12 and change, and out in 24-4. I think that's what Bob, before he shipped out to back to California, was waiting for. So I think concert tour is probably that was the – um, and, and Bob told me, he goes, he goes, concert tour is a really good horse. So I think he really likes that horse from, from a standpoint of, of talent and ability. Um, cattle river worked 48 and four. I think next weekend, we're going to see the final works from concert tour and cattle river, which I'll have all the information for you next Monday, including I'm hoping next Monday night, I'm going to have a very special guest. So, um, so those two horses are prepping to get ready. You know, I'll tell you one thing about King Fury, Ron. You know, that is a miraculous recovery. <laughs> I'm expecting to see him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Paul Pierce cir circumstance here, Bruno? I'm like, I, seriously? You got, you know, I mean, he's already made a recovery. You don't, you know, who knows? Well, Kenny didn't suggest that it was anything major at the time. So read into it what you wish. I spoke to Bob yes this morning when I was going into Churchill to, to get my second shot. And um, there was uh, a person that wanted to say hi to him. And I, I got him on the phone and I spoke to him a little bit at length. And he said, and he looked, he said it very, he says, that was unexpected. I did not expect that. He said, I knew that if I put that horse on the lead, he was going to be like silver charm, but he's not silver charm. And, and, in my opinion, he's not silver charm, but he just kept going. Um, you know, he, uh, he gave a lot of credit to, to Johnny V, uh, who's the best front end rider in the world right now. Um, and, uh, maybe a little, uh, uh, he did Baffert did say, you talked me off a of mandaloon. And I came back and I said, I thought you liked rock your world. You never wrote me about mandaloon. You know, he liked rock your world. And I got the text to prove it. Um, speaking of Rocky World, Ron, we sat right here on these Zooms and we showed you how he doesn't break. And that came to fruition. 
It did also take a look at Joel Rosario's uh, feet in the irons or weren't, or at least uh, having to re-grip. I haven't seen the full video. I just heard about it. It's, it's out there. It's on social media. So there's that. But it's like what Johnny said when he got to pass the wire for the first time. He looked to his right, expected to see Rock Your World. And he wasn't there after having the bump with essential quality coming out of the gate, issues with Rosario, getting his grip on the irons and was never a factor in the race. So between, I mean, Bruno, I'd love to get what you feel about this between Rock Your World not showing up on the front end early and Caddo River not showing up for the race at all. And Midnight Bourbon. And Midnight Bourbon was way back in the pack. Yeah, that was another thing. That was another absence. We're going to look at Derby and we're going to break it down. But um, what also, you know, so when you're on, on our CAS and we told you we did not like Rocky Rock World at all, not only did we show you the way he traveled, but it's, it's, I, I believe I said if he breaks that way, he's going to break well enough to, to get pinched. And what he did, he's actually knocked essential qualities eyeing in out from under him. And one thing that I thought about is the, 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 the bump was so severe that can knock the breath out of your horse. Um, and if that's true, that could have showed why he didn't finish. I'm not going to make excuse for him. I thought at the three eights bowl, I was counting on those two, those two railing right past those two leaders. I thought Mandaloon had been fighting the rider with his head up in the air and rank. And I thought that, you know, Medina spirit would, would, would not go on like that. Um, I don't believe that that buyer figure that they put out of one Oh two. I don't, I don't believe that at all. That may end up coming back about 10 points too fast. So uh, I'm waiting to see what my, um, what my uh, Delta figure is going to be. And especially the pace figures. Now, Ron, the one thing that was really interesting on Friday, and by the way, we had a good day Friday, boy, obligatory at $35. That exact up at 180 something. If you didn't get fat on that, shame on you. You are hopeless if you didn't get fat on that. That was given to you. That was a platter. I what I found was on the Friday card, the final fraction, the FFs in your PPs were strong, very good. Um, they worked also on um, on Saturday. A couple of the winners had the half Fs on in their um, in their uh, suggested uh, plays. Um, I couldn't run, and by the way, guys, I could not run the algorithm for the Saturday, Friday, and Saturday cards because of the large fields. With the large field, the 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 algorithm would spill onto the next race, and what was causing it created a headache for me because I had to. Uh, reset the format for about an hour and it took me another idea i finally said okay that's it i can't run the algorithms and i took them off they'll be back um but the figure the the pace figures that we use are outstanding on the pace and on the horses rallying in the lane in the on the main track um if you follow the turf races you saw a lot of the horses with strong final fractions do very very well so I think we're really on the right pace with those figures. Um, I'm also going along the way of having, uh, I have spreadsheets with all those figures. So what I do is I make my notes on it and I can actually be able to track all the, all the horses and compare from race to race. Like, let's say like Kevin ran last week 
and he was an FF1 and an F1, and he won easy. But this time, Kevin does not have any Fs. Kevin is F'd out. So I can maybe throw that horse out, and I want to see how it performs with that particular pattern. Um, so a lot of different information going out. For example, thank you, Robert, for the 25 final quarter on Medina Spirit. Nobody went by. Um, I, you know, the, the way they were at the, the quarter ball or the three-eighths ball is the way they finished. So don't have an answer for that. Um, so, and, and actually the track here, well, uh, uh, Steve says jockey race. Well, guys, let me, let me just throw this at you. On Friday, they wa there was a west-northwest wind of about 16 to 20 miles per hour, which was a tailwind in the stretch and, and a headwind down the backside. So speed was going into a almost a 20-mile-an-hour headwind. And in the stretch, the late closers had a 20-mile-an-hour headwind at their back. On Saturday, zero. No win. So not having any win might have helped Medina Spirit get that lead, go easy. So we need to really look at, at some of the pace horses that tired in the lane on Friday and maybe not be so forgiving to the ones that tired on Saturday. So that's some of the notes that I've made for myself when I go back and watch that card. It's uh, so another thing. I will be watching the wind at, at Churchill on a daily basis, and I'm going to try to record it. So I'm even making a note for myself to basically do that, and I better write in English because I cannot write, I cannot read what I actually wrote. Uh, let's move over to um, the big race. And they're off in the Kentucky Derby. Rock your world. He didn't break again. He kind of thought, look at him. Everybody's got their head out and he doesn't. Then he brushes up against the gate, which he's done in his last two starts. Then uh, highly motivated comes in and completely puts him right into essential quality. Highly motivated and no excuse. This is Miss Midnight Bourbon, and Santana just doesn't isn't sending him. He didn't break slow. He just didn't send him. He grabbed him. Yeah, Midnight Bourbon is ranked back there. Uh, the four horse broke slow as well. Who was the four? Keep me in mind. Yeah, he didn't break at all. That's his last place position. Made a heck of a run, though, at the end. He was about 17 lanes back. Helium was a lot closer than normal. Holly Motivated was moving four wide. You know what? If Hot Rod Charlie would have just stayed there, he probably would have been able to not lose ground turning for home. I mean, he was the one who lost the most ground. Yeah. Right. Mean, he was, I thought he was in the perfect position, you know, to, to take advantage of it. And he, you know, he did it. So. And never changed position. Sainthood still ran well down on the inside there. I think he's a Belmont horse for sure. And there's soup and sandwich. 
He can't breathe. And I, I, you know, when you get horses that are ranked like that, they always seem to come up with some kind of um, breathing issue when they rank and run off. And that's not a good thing. And it looked like when soup and sandwich was falling back, Obesos got really tight in and pushed um, Sainthood really close to the rail on the turn. Next time somebody wants to tell you that they love a non-winners of two horse in the Derby, tell them to go F themselves. Dynamic one is a pig because he is a non-winners of two lifetime. They don't win derbies other than some way of lucking out. Guys, you know better than that. You stay away from horses like that. They're inconsistent for a particular reason. Um, and that's why they're non-winners of two. I have to say it that way to get the, the desired effect that you as a horse player, that you're going to come on my Zooms and I'm going to try to help you and understand and show you, you do not pick garbage horses like that in grade one races, period. And anybody that did, I lost a whole lot of respect for because they have no understanding what non-winners of two horses are. So now we're going to go and look at the head-on. Hey, Bruno, I thought that uh, Central Quality 2 was too much on the bridle and up too involved early. He really got out of his game a little bit uh, coming by the stretch, the stands the first time. Um, Might have been, Kevin. Uh, my thought is, is that, you know, that, that could have knocked his wind out. By the way, any of those horses I showed you, the way they traveled, they, you couldn't find them with a searchlight, could you? Absolutely right about known agenda. He can't take turns fast and needs to be up close or else he's nowhere. Quality's drifting. He's never drifted before. Now he comes back in. They're all pretty good, pretty straight. Medina maybe he's drifting a bit. You know, this is the second derby in a row we had a 25 final quarter. All second derby in a row that Johnny led for wire to wire second derby in a row with Baffert. So, I mean, uh, from that standpoint, Brent, I did want to bring this up. Yeah. Something that Maggie Wolfendale told me more than a year ago that sticks in my mind. And she says that jockeys don't want to challenge JV for the lead because they're afraid they'll get sucked into a speed duel. It rang in my ears as I watched this race and laid it even up against last year's derby that when JV gets the lead, are there jockeys that just sit there and go, geez, if he's going out that fast, maybe I shouldn't go in there with him. He's the best front-end rider since, since Eddie De La Husse. Eddie so D do, was always known for coming to the back of the pack, but he was phenomenal on the front horse. He put him to sleep. So do other riders? I mean, look, I, you know, looking for excuses here, but do other Everybody riders actually back off? Lead. Everybody doesn't want to be on the lead anymore because they're going to feel like they're going to get criticize and Johnny doesn't care. And the New York jockey colony is really bad about that, Ron. It gets really, that's what, really, that's what really Matt, that was Maggie's point. They, they don't it all the time, all the time. I don't think it's just Johnny. I think it's a general thing of the culture there. Kevin, that's exactly, I think that's the point Maggie was making in the context of the conversation we were having before Belmont stakes a couple of years ago. I think that's exactly the point. Well, Bruno, do you buy it? Oh, absolutely. I've watched riders go to the lead and guys are afraid to go up there because they're afraid to get engaged. 
Luis Saez was afraid to get engaged in the Kentucky freaking derby? No, but you know, well, wait, well, you can't do that. Central Quality didn't have the early speed that Ron, that that the other guy did. Well, he got clobbered at the break. Let's start there. No, he also- no. See now, now wait a minute. Now you went like a superstar, and then all of a sudden you went straight downhill because right away you go, well, why didn't Saez go after him? Well, because a lot of times they don't have that kind of horse. Okay. Okay. But- you gotta start. No, wait a minute. You guys have to start thinking that. I hear that a lot. Oh, why didn't he go after the lead? Maybe he didn't have the horse to do that. All right, Maybe but I, I get horses that. are not cars. You don't put the accelerator and they go. You don't. I put get that essential quality that. is not a speed horse. I get that, but he also ran sixty-eight no. more feet than no. the others. No, no, and no. You again, you are going on something saying, oh, well, why didn't Luis Saez? First of all, he's four wide. What is he going to do? Go 22 and change in the middle of the race to get up alongside and they just kick away from him. You got to stop thinking like that, Ron. You know, everybody was happy with their position. That's the problem. Because the two horses that were supposed to go, Midnight, Midnight Bourbon and Rock Your World, never showed up. You know the saying that we always say? Nobody will go to the league because it's too crowded out there. It's true. It's true. All the each individual connection thinks they are freaking geniuses. Every racing day. I'm very passionate about this because Ron made a great comment, but then he did what and all handicappers do. He took it over the top. And now no, you took, no, down, you down took me hill. out of context. I said that essential quality is not a speed horse. I said that. But you said, well, why didn't Saya send him? How can No, he? I didn't know. I didn't say that. Go back and you, we can go listen to it again. You'll hear I did not say, why didn't Saya send him? Did you make a But he did run 68 more feet but than gonna, but, Medina Spirit. What is he going to do? Well, here's the thing I'm going to ask you about, though. At the top of the stretch, he had every chance, 68 feet or not, at the top of the stretch, he had every chance to catch Medina Spirit and did not. So that comes back to the horse, I think. Yes. But, but I'm not saying that Saez, I'm not saying that Saez should have gone after him. I'm saying that he was in a bad position, and that started at the break. But he, I, I think he should have been more forward. I'll throw another point at you. There was almost two hours between the 10th race and the 12th race. You had an hour after the turf race. You cannot put enough water on that track. Because they probably were afraid to put on water because it had some moisture in it. My the way they ran one, two, three, four all the way down the stretch, that track may have been a bit looser than normal. And being looser than normal, you cannot go buy horses on those. It's like running on a beach. Almost two hours between dirt races. An hour and a half after, uh, what was it, about an hour and 15 minutes, Ron? 
between the 10th and 11th. And don't forget, the 11th is on turf. So that's, that's right, the other that's thing. That's my point. What was the off time at the 10th? 431, 527, 657. 431 to 657? So it's an hour and 26 minutes. 431 to 6.57 between dirt races? That's mm -hmm. two and a half hours. It's two and a half hours, Ron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So not right, having... Two, 2.26, right. Thank you. Right. Not having a dirt race for that time. That's, that's an eternity. That track would dry out so fast. And, you know, and it was, you know, it wasn't a cold day, but there was no wind. There was sun. If that track's even a little bit cuppy, like it can be, that's what, that's the, why the result stood the way it is. Nobody could run down the lane and go by anybody because the same margin at the top of the lane, almost at the finish. To me, that tells me that that was a conveyor belt. It tells me that that track was most likely like a beach down the stretch Two in one half hours. And what is it? But what is it, Paul? What is it? I mean, what are you going to tell me? I was just going to tell you because I was standing right there. They watered the track once right immediately after the 10th race. And I told my buddy, this is what you said. We were standing right there. I said, it looks like a sand trap. The whole the whole first that's turn right there. That's what I thought. And, you know, I guarantee you, maybe they added water one more time after the 12th, after the 11th race. No, I, one time. I walked out. Paul, I walked out on, a, I want to say after the 8th or whatever dirt race was in that neighborhood. And if I, I had like sand and dirt on my shoes and I was right. And now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking like, yeah, there was, there was evidence sand. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like you walk out there and it's, feeling muddy or coarse or anything like that from oh, the day it before. Sand. It was sand. Because yeah. what little wind was blowing, I'm telling you, I was right there on the rail, first turn, and one time the wind did kick up real quick, and it blew it like you were at the beach and the sand blew in your face. But it was, they only watered the track once after the 10th race because I was keeping count. You are, for now, you are a water boy. <laughs> You're a very sick man, Paul. You're very sick. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Adam Sandler to block. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I hit the trifecta. That's all I got to say. Yeah, good job, man. By the way, you hit the pick four too, right? Yeah, I did as well. Next time we all meet, drinks on Paul. Mm. Yeah, like, see, he, he gets all like, ah, uh, mm -mm. no, I'll go ahead and mute myself now, buddy. What's that? I'll mute, I'll mute myself now. I won't talk anymore. <laughs> that's, that's, that's two rounds when we get together i still oh, oh you know what he's fishing for a third round too right now you know because he's got watch him he's going to make some smart ass comment by the time we're done it's going to be three rounds on paul by the time he's going to get done with this you know he's used to being a navy guy i got to pick on him he's used to he was probably in trouble all the time in the navy probably. weren't you paul yeah but we could go back to race two if you want me to make more comments Damn no. swabbies, no. damn swabbies. Yeah, it's not racing with Paul. It's racing with Bruno. Oh, I know. I was going to give you props Who? on your notes. <laughs> I even texted you. This is what I put up every day, being friends with Paul. 
Oh, looking forward every to racing with the show. Day. Hashtag <laughs> every Thanks, Ron. day. You know, so he'll call me up out of the booth. How you doing? I'm worried about you. Like, why are you worried about me? I'm a big boy. You know, I'm just worrying about you. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, day you were whining about the second shot, and I wanted to check on my little buddy, make sure he's okay, you didn't pass out tonight. Yeah, show of hands, by the way, how many actually did call Bruno today to ask him about the second shot? Show of hands here. Paul, you got a hand up. Patrick, too? Yes. Bruno. (sighs) I am. I I will tell you, um, I am exhausted. I can feel like my arms are a little but I'm a little tired, you know. And Bruno, you did tell me. That's why that's why I'm kind of like, you know. I don't have much patience right now, but with Paul, I never have patience. Well, what uh, brand you get, Bruno? What's that? I got what? Pfizer. You break some yeah, I had the Pfizer in this. The day after the shot was a thank you, paper. thank you, thank you. That's what I didn't want to hear. You know. Well, get some Pedialyte, like you told me. Yeah. That's all. Get I've six sutures drinking. and a glad body bag. So good. The grape is so good. You know. Um, I also made homemade lemonade. Um, so, um, it was some, so homemade schnapps. I really believe by, by just looking at the two and a half hours between races that I think that main track, they didn't do enough, put enough water on it and it became a beach and that's their, they don't pass anybody because that track at acted like when it gets hot and Churchill Downs doesn't get enough water. And the first two lanes are always the best lanes and you can't come rolling wide. In contrast, on Friday, they all came rolling wide. So I think we, by deductive reasoning, sitting here, this is why I love these Zooms with every single one of you, because we can talk about things. And I I myself, a lot of the times, I can bounce things off of, of Ron, who's wonderful about that stuff. You know, yes, Ron Flatter, the man. We got, well, and if we need some, you know, we got Paul, you know, the water boy, um, Bobby Boucher. Um, I bet you love your mama. No, no, nobody got that. Okay. Yeah, we got that, Bruno. All right. Cleaning up eggs right now. Yeah. Um, Hey. Um, So going through, see, this is the wonderful part. Is going through without throwing and getting all um, about picks. You know, it's not about picks. And I want to get that through your head. This is about understanding what happened. Because if you understand what happened, then you can make the better decision on, on, on what you can do the next time. I'm a big believer in that. That's why I hate when people say, well, that's my pick. I don't give a crap what your pick is, okay? Because that's your personal thing. What the point of it is, is understanding what happened and rolling and trying to put some kind of um, factual reasoning behind what you're doing. How many times, how many friends you got that make a pick because, I just like that horse. Well, why do you like that horse? They can't tell you. They can't tell you. They can't articulate it. They can't make a, a, a factual case. Oh, it's Bob Baffert. I got the worst oh, one, Bruno, uh, is the, the one the one where uh, my wife will tell you that she has a lucky number being Filipina and being Asian. 
she goes with a lucky number and she's been rubbing it in my face all day that her lucky number was eight. It's, it's a very lucky number. Yeah, Carl, it was lucky Saturday. <laughs> Just like in a hey, pool. Ryan, you're not bitter at all, are you? You're, you seem to be handling this well. Having a bad day, Bruno. I know you are. I know you are. I feel for you. You know, uh, the, the whole thing is getting into all you guys and making you understand that it's not about your pick. I feel like that commercial, you've seen that commercial about the guy that, you know, the waiter doesn't need to know your name. That guy, you know, yeah, the, the guy who's running the seminar. Yeah. It's not about your pick. Progressive, right? Progressive yeah. insurance. Yeah. But it's not about your pick. I'm going to repeat it a hundred times. What did I just say? Not about your pick. Okay. Because once you get away from that, Kevin, what did I say? It's not about your pick. Thank you. So remember that one. What is your other line? What do we say about a horse? Who is that horse? Thank you. <laughs> Every time you do that, I love David. David starts cracking up. You know? Hashtagging. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Ron. Um, but once you get away from that mentality, you can open your mind to other things. So now we just went systematically through what happened. And thanks to Paul, who I did not mute. And he actually was able to tell us, uh, finally, a piece of information we could use. It's about freaking time, you know. Really? Thank you, Paul. Oh, no problem, um, buddy. You got it. By the way, this is like, how many of you guys miss sitting at um, a brewery or a place where you can get a drink with all your buddies and you just, each other, don't let the other one, you know, get away with anything? And you all do that? Like, I was, I was lucky enough, Bruno, to get back in on that on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day it was. Uh, and I missed it. it yeah. You know, and I'm getting my, fill, you know, with you guys, but. Um, but it's wonderful to be able to sit there and, and, you know, I, I mean, there's nothing, you know, like with your, like I, I did a zoom with my family and my brothers and I all, my brothers are five and nine years younger than me, but I swear sometimes they act like they're 20 years younger than me, older than me, you know, because they're like, my brother is like one of those guys that needs to go to that guy with the class, like your waiter does not. Have to know your name. Uh, my my youngest brother is like that, and I, you know, he's like, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Bruno, you cannot, you know. It's like, Marco, why don't you start acting like you're actually your age? Well, I'm fifty now. I said, who cares, you know? So you know, but I I I love that needling. I love that needling. I'll needle Paul. I'll needle Dave. I'll needle Kevin. And I'm expecting them to give it back to me. If they don't give it back to me, I'm like, this is no fun, right? It's like if the Roadrunner never did anything to the Wiley E. Coyote, that would not be a fun cartoon. I just so don't want to get muted anymore. Uh, well, Paul, you're working on it. Paul, oh, you weren't just muted. You were shut off. That's true, David. Thank you, David. <laughs> you were missing for like three, three episodes. Yeah, Better be shut off than cut off. <laughs> just cut off. He got himself so in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a tizzy that he couldn't figure out how to get back on, you know? 
And I get these frantic texts like, I can't get back on, brother. Hey, brother, I can't get back on. Brother, hey, brother, you know? It's like, come on, dude. You know, I haven't been called brother like that in a long time, you know? But when 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 we're doing these things, we we really need, we I, I really work off of you to be able to work on things and come up to a conclusion. I think we have our conclusion with the Derby. The Derby was run over a track that didn't have any water in it. It became loose and it became where it became like a beach where nobody could actually outfinish anybody because they were just swimming over it. Can we ink that? Is that the official line? Big Mike? I'm Bruno, can I, can I be the contrarian here? That just sounds like a damn excuse to me. When did you become a track condition expert? I'm not. It just I'm just yeah, telling you how it, my, my years. They're not listening to flatter. Ron, I've been around this track a long time. Okay. I know exactly what that track did because that's what I look like when I watched it. That's what I thought it was. What the heck. Um, that's what that track, I thought that track ran like. I forgot about the two hours. So remember that and remember that when Churchill when they run the night that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that was good Paul <laughs> goodbye Paul <laughs> I have the button for Paul trust me he won't figure it out for another month you know um, but when you watch Churchill and they have the night card I have done superbly on the night cards because I understand that that track gets a little moisture or it gets a little on the cool air at night. You know, then all of a sudden horses come flying around the outside when it's dry. They can't get enough water on it. It's hot speed on the inside wins wire to wire all the time. Not a bias. It's just because the way that track is. And that is any track in the country. When you get it loose and you get it, and, and you get it dry and brittle, speed horses go wire to wire and nobody can make up any ground. You watch Saratoga's early races, same thing. Delmar's early races during the summer, same thing. And then all of a sudden, that either that tide comes in or that overcast comes in or the, 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 uh, hang, uh, the, uh, the, the roof from the, uh, from the clubhouse gets over to part of the, the stretch. And all of a sudden it puts moisture back in the temperature of that track changes. That's what's the whole deal, Ron, is when you have no water in it, that track, that dirt probably raises eight to 10 degrees or maybe four to eight degrees in, in temperature because of the sun on it with no water and it becomes a beach. That's why you have the beach the way it is where the water doesn't hit it. It's loose. When you get closer to the water, there's more moisture in it. Period. It's that simple. And those change tracks. And, and it, the track did seem to change. It was different in the morning than it was in the afternoon on Saturday. I mean, a Friday seemed pretty similar throughout, throughout. And I did notice, like, when we got, like, about, it seems it's so hard to deal with time. But I, I want to say about, like, the eighth race or ninth race, it was changing. And then it was like eon. It was like eons until the derby from that point because of the bigger, 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 bigger delays between races um, uh, between that. But yeah, it did seem to change throughout, and just got very dramatic. At you, the break. Real, 
Yeah, do you realize when I got track at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, it was 41. And when we at the derby time, it was like 77 degrees. With that sun on it, with no water yeah. on it, it becomes a beach. Yeah. Period. That's why that's why Saratoga waters that track down in the latter races between between uh, turf and dirt. You'll look at it and say, what happened? Did it rain? It looks like they sealed it. It's because they're trying to keep the moisture in. That's a good horse. That's a good track. You know, they do that in Florida, too. You know, where that that track in, in, at Gulfstream is an absolute beach. And then they started putting water on it because what happens when you have a really loose track, you can get a lot of soft tissue damage there. A hard track causes chips and, uh, and knees and ankles. A soft track can cause muscle tears, soft tissue injuries, and so on and so forth. So you got to have a delicate balance. Uh, and, and I will say this, that I think if you open up your mind to understanding the differences in the track in one day, you can cash tickets. I made the mistake that I expected that track to be have water in it, and it did not. If you notice on some of the overhead shots, there was a lot of water on the track still on the far outside. There was some puddles. So there was some moisture in there that went away and got evaporated as the day went on. And it got pretty cool. It got pretty uh, warm, didn't it, by the end of the day, right? Yes, very warm. And no wind. And no wind. Because when the wind comes from the north, it's a cool wind. It keeps everything cool. It keeps the dirt cool and everything. But then all of a sudden, in, at Churchill, you'll get the south wind. And the south wind will be going up the stretch. So it's like going into the behind horses, pushing them on the backside. And in the stretch run, it's hitting the, the come from behind her right in the face. So what happens, not only does it dry, the, coming from the south is a warmer wind, it dries out the track, it makes it looser, and down the stretch, you can't make up any ground because that track is loose and tiring, plus you got the headwind. I, I, I got schooled watching Paul Meadows in the morning. At Paul Meadows, the wind from the north would come down with, I mean, up to 20, 25 miles an hour. And it would absolutely stop certain horses. The cheaper horses, they would just get moved easily. The good horses cut right through it like a knife. So you could tell, I could tell a good horse from a bad horse who could go through the wind. And when you're dealing with some of these races, understanding where the wind's coming from and understanding how the track lays. Like at Paul Meadows, it laid east to west. So if the north wind came, it came right at me on the through the through, right through the middle of the right through the middle of the track. If it came from east to west, it was from it was from the beach coming through into a headwind into a tailwind. So I would have horses on the grass for Wesley Ward go from the five eights. And with the tailwind, they go 11 and one, 21 and four. 
and they would come in, and then it would finish the last three eighths in 39. They go one on one, but they finished in 39 because they were going into that 25 mile an hour headwind. They would go too fast down the backside, but then they would have to go through the headwind. So understanding that actually made me understand a lot more on how that affects um, horses. And if you've got a track to boot that is dried up and loose, and people say, well, it's a slower track, it's dried up and loose. Oh, late runners. No, front runners. Because the late runners can't get their feet in the ground and push off. Like you at the beach. Try to walk through that sand. I don't care how strong you are. So a lot of the, a lot of these, so I think we have our answer. Um, at Pimlico, it's going to be interesting now. Because if we're right, then Hot Rod Charlie, uh, which I do not believe he's going to go to the Preakness, ran a lot better than what we. Correct. Already confirmed out. Yeah. Um, Mandaloon as really not known yet. Not yeah. known yet. But if Concert Tour goes, he's facing a bunch of horses. It's not an if. He's going. Yeah. I, I'm saying Concert Tour wins because he's only got one way to go. I asked Bob about that. I told Bob, I said, Bob, that horse is wants to be chased. And he goes, and he kind of admitted to me that he's he's probably going to make a rider. He, he may make a rider change. But uh, that he feel, you know, I, and I, I'm not going to say, I just, I just think next time you'll probably be ridden to get him to go. And, um, and I, 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 I just don't think Medina spirit can pass him. I don't think Medina spirit can pass a horse. You're saying Joel doesn't go concert tour. I don't know. I don't know. Did you see, by the way, who put the photo up? That's the photo I was talking about earlier. Uh, Randy, you put the photo up of Joel's feet, one being out of the irons on the left side at the break, right? Yep. Yeah, I heard that earlier on one of the other shows, too. But again, the horse didn't break. It might have happened after he didn't break, but he didn't break. He did the same thing in two of his first three starts. This is something I don't know, Bruno. Does the does the jockey having his position with feet in the irons determine the horse's break? Is it different from horse to horse? No, it all depends how much the horse pushes from behind. Okay. Horses show that they're have shown me over the years watching enough head-ons that that, that horses will repeat their antics at the gate they will do that over and over why don't we go look at midnight bourbon well midnight bourbon then breaks slow it just i thought santana rode absolutely horrible he rode some horses where he needed to be three four wide and he's trying to go down inside and i i, I don't know i thought santana was not with the program neither was flow Oh, Flo was, it was, I mean, he had a couple of races where you go, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? He's been on, ever since, ever since um, that Cattle River first effort against Concert Tour, he hasn't ridden the same. He's had to be on the much the best horse. Santana, I don't think, had won a race at Churchill the whole meet until the, I mean, before the derby. But he's supposed to know that track. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying that he's been extremely cold. When he, when he rode whiskey double, he was up, and all of a sudden he fell all the way back. I'm like, what the hell did he just do? And then he comes up inside. You know, the track's playing five wide. What are you doing coming up inside? It was, uh, you know, he was not making the right decisions at all. Neither was Flo. You know. Bruno, you said it after the arc, uh, excuse me, uh, the Rebel, when for whatever reason Flo didn't send Shadow River. He hasn't been the same since. Oh. Now, Midnight Bourbon did collide with um, your favorite uh, dynamic one, Bruno, right out of the gate. Let's go look at that. I don't, I don't, I don't believe he did. So said the oh. trip notes. <laughs> I thought he got pinballed after he came out of the gate. And they're off. Yeah, he didn't get whacked. Where was the trouble there? The central quality bumped hard. 11 came in on him. They're off near the middle. Seven steps in. Bruno, as you say, he was uh, slow enough out of the gate to get pinched. He was clear and the 11 came in on him. What are you guys talking about? He broke okay. He could have moved forward and got position. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. He wasn't aggressive out of the gate at all. Yeah, he broke with the field. And they're looking at him now. Where? He's uh, Soup and Sandwich is on his outside. Soup and Sandwich goes, and he grabs right here. Right here, he's grabbing. Midnight Bourbon was never, I'm looking at the PPs now, by the way, never farther back than third in any race in his career at the second call. And that second, and the worst was a five-length gap in the Champagne um, Jackie's warrior with the Jackie's warrior champagne when he was just not a factor. And then they switched to Talamo. And then since Talamo, he's been on the lead at the second call, second by a head, second by one. I don't know. You're talking about an E eight on the queerens. Night bourbon got an absolute horrible ride. Now let's look at Mandaloon on the inside. He's the seven. As we had seen in his works, he was ranking his works. He's rank in his race. You see how he's dragging? Look at Flo's feet. He's dragging Flo. His feet are getting more and more into the dash. You see it? Flo's pulling back against the horse. He's uncontrollable. He's Right now, he's really being unrideable, and he never shuts down. Right there, he's all over the Medina Spirit's heels. Mandaloon would have engaged... Medina spirit early, but he couldn't because soup and sandwich was sent and had basically no chance. Bruno, you had 11 connections decide not to go into the Derby, three of which were in the top 20, which means eight were underneath the top 20 and below that got in. How much did that compromise the race right now? What compromised the race was soup and sandwich didn't go, you know, he's rank. I mean, he wants to run, you know, and his rider is keeping him at the flank of Medina spirit and not pressing the one that would have pressed him would have been Mandaloon because he's not controllable right now. That would have changed the complexity of the race, but because you have a horse like soup and sandwich that changed the complexion of the race, because soup and sandwich right here at the most important part of the race gives up. He played the sprinter that we've seen over the years. Look at him. Now he's riffling through the field, getting in the way of people. 
that chiclet's dropping back like crazy. Right. He went from second to last in an eighth of a mile. Good mile. Yep. What happens? Mandaloon is rank. He's gonna, he was going to be fighting against Medina Spirit. Never got a chance because Soup and Sandwich was in a spot where Mandaloon couldn't go after Medina Spirit. And I know I'm being tough on Soup and Sandwich, but, you know, he's 50 lanes behind. 50. I hope their owners enjoy their time at the Derby because those are the kind of horses that ruin the Derby. They don't belong in there. Oh, he finished second in the Florida Derby. Come on. He just faced more horses in one race than he had faced his first three starts. Go look at the number. And that's one of the problems you have with the Derby. You get people going to the Derby to take because they want to tell everybody I'm in the Derby with a horse that absolutely has zero shot. Zero. And what are you doing? You're ruining the horse. So is that what you're in the game for? So you can go to the Derby and ruin your horse? Well, why does, I mean, why does Todd have 59, 59 <clears throat> Derby entries and two winners? Because the object of the game for Todd is to get to the Derby. And there's a lot of people who are about that. They want to make that walk from the gap around the clubhouse turn no, they need to be with seen. their horses. That's exactly it. It, it oh. becomes, it's like, you know, you're the bottom middle square on the Hollywood squares, but that's the thing. You know, you could say, well, I walked the gap at the Kentucky Derby. That's what it is. You know, and, and I mean, I mean, Todd also is, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, I think the trainer sits there and says, you know what? I'm going to run in there because with four horses, I got a better shot. Instead of having one, I got four. I, look, and, and that's it. Look, if that's the certifiable goal, that's fine. I mean, if that's what you're coming in for you, if, if you want to go to Todd and take your horse to Todd because he can get you to the Derby and you can have the weekend, God bless you. It is what it is. You know, when I see a horse rifling back through the field like that, it's a nightmare for other riders. You already have too many horses. You know, I, I think 20 horse field is great for the Derby once a year. But when you have a horse that's going to stop like that and go through the field, that's an accident waiting to happen. Well, Ron, I'm going to tell you, I got my second Pfizer shot today. You did. That's right. You know, and you had a number of us who are your Zoomies. And Zoomies are not just dogs and cats running around the house like chickens with their heads cut off. Zoomies are Bruno aficionados who were checking in on you to make sure you were coming out of your Pfizer. It was a Pfizer or was it Moderna? It's Pfizer. Pfizer shot. Okay. And you seem to be okay. So far. We'll find out tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, I've hydrated for anybody out there that hasn't gotten their, their shots and they're well. And you're wondering what I did was I really hit the, the Tylenol for the last couple of days. And I hit the uh, Pedialyte to keep me hydrated. And that's one of the biggest things you need to do. You need to stay hydrated. So I, I chose the grape Pedialyte because it's yummy. <laughs> and, um, and I, you know, I'm going to hydrate tonight. And 
I might listen to the podcast again yeah. just for the heck of it. Yeah. Uh, because I'll tell you one thing, Ron. When I listen to these podcasts and we sit around talking and you'll hear it and, and you heard it. Yeah, we yelled at each um, other. No, well, no, no, no. What I mean when I listen to it, um, and, and, and you know, in this case, we were all talking through what happened. And then there's that beautiful part, Ron, when we come up and, and I get an understanding of what could have happened and how maybe the track changed a bit yeah, heading into nope, the derby. That's the thing. And I, you look, my first blush is excuse you told me it's not all right so i'm learning something again uh, the great thing about this bruno and i've said this forever about this sport forever the day you stop learning is the day you might as well go ahead and open up the box and put yourself in because well I, I, yeah exactly you know and what i mean the, the way we learn yeah oh that's 100 percent. what i learned from this game is by being able to go through each individual scenario and try to understand what happened and what instead of and and, and you're gonna you heard it in the zoom it's not about your pick it's about understanding the surroundings and what happened and i walked out of this zoom tonight as you heard on the podcast with an idea of what happened in the kentucky derby well, you didn't walk out at all. You're still in the same chair you were, but you're feeling well, better. No, I'm actually standing up right now. You're standing up and right I got now. More, and I got more Pedialyte. Well, that, that's the good man by you. You're going to survive. You're going to be on your way to the Preakness, at least. If not in body and spirit, I'll be there. I'll be representing you and all the fine Zoomies who are on with you and looking forward to that leg of the Triple Crown. But we got a lot of activity between now and then, don't we? Absolutely. And we'll be back next week, and we're going to be talking Preakness and um, a lot more. Ron, thank you always for being there. You're an awesome partner to do this with, even if I may disagree or you might disagree with me. Love you, man. See you next week. Get more from Bruno by going to RacingWithBruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.